0: So I found a mountain, like I just looked on like all trails, found a mountain that I thought was a good grade. It was like a hill. It was like 700 feet, 800 feet of elevation. Mm -hmm. And then I just hit it all the way up and down. I had no ski lift. So I was like, I guess I'll run down and hike up. (laughs) That took, it took like 36 hours of going just continual. It was like, it ended up being like 70 miles and then the 29,000 feet of elevation geez 36 hours straight yeah so i stopped at one point because it was like pitch black middle of the dark and last yeah i was doing it in eugene in oregon which is like a wooded area kind of and there's like a cougar i don't know what cougar cat or some sort of animal Mm -hmm. it was like in the dark i had my headlamp on and see its eyes just sitting in the trail I'm like, oh shit like kind of keep going past finish my lap and then i come down and i see it kind of over here like yeah. looking at me still i'm like oh, i'm taking a break <laughs> like i'm killing my car bro i'm scared <laughs> so i went in my car for like three hours at that point it was like i don't know like 2 a.m or 3 a.m or something so i waited till sunrise and then went back out but yeah so other than that it was straight but I would see people like, because I started on like a Friday morning or Saturday morning, There was people like hiking it one day, and I was still going the next day. And they're like, oh, you came back? I'm like, man, I've been going like since yesterday when you saw me. <laughs> oh.
1: Hey, good morning, guys. Welcome to the Nigerians Podcast. We hope that you guys are having an amazing week. Had a really awesome weekend. Today, we got a special treat for you guys. We got Trevor Howard in the house. What's up, Trevor? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Hate to make you feel so awkward, but... Dude, this is like your first podcast. We're really it excited to know, have you. I am putting you're the mic between us, bro. Normally, it's face-to-face. <laughs> this is your first time up in the Northeast, right? I know you told mm-hmm. me that you've been to Florida multiple
0: times. I keep on saying like, <laughs> this
1: is your first time ever on the East Coast. First time
0: on the East Coast. Went to D.C., not Delaware. Yeah. yeah showing me around. I Taking know. Taking me to 35-unit owners. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the Northeast? Bro, honestly, it's pretty similar to the West Coast. Yeah. Really? It's I mean, I, I haven't seen that much, but like we went in the city, like we have some same size city as I'm from, like mm-hmm. it's similar prices to what we have, mm-hmm. like it's not super different.
2: Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. So would you be able to tell us a little bit about your origin story and if you want to go as far as back as you want and then tell us about how you got into real estate as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I got started in real estate because I was engineer,
0: went four year degree, mechanical engineering degree. Was working like as a project engineer, building missile silos, nuclear reactor structures. Sounds super cool, super boring. You just sit on an Excel spreadsheet, um, and I was trying to figure out how to not do that because I was just looking at everyone next to me, and it's like you get promoted, you move to this desk, you get promoted, you move to the next desk, and then you see ten years down the road, and you get to be your boss, who's you know making like a hundred grand and doesn't want to be there. <laughs> so I was like, man. How do I not do this? Um, Came across the FIRE movement. And you guys both know what that is, right? Yeah. Oh, can you explain it? FIRE movement, financial independence, retire early, um, invest as much money into stocks as possible and the idea of like, you know, having passive income to live off of. So I came across that, was listening to it on podcast, was like sick. 10 years, I invest like 90% of my income. I'll have like a million bucks. I'll live off like 40 grand a year because I was living off like... I don't know, like eight to twelve grand a year at that point. Like, wow. dude, nothing. Um, like, I would go rent a room, pay a hundred bucks because the room wouldn't have a wall. Go to Home Depot and build a wall for a hundred bucks, so I could save like two hundred bucks a month on rent and like stuff like that. But figured out like doing that, and then thought forty grand was a ton of money. <laughs> um, and then that was the plan. Came across bigger pockets, like everyone does. Um, heard about house hacking, like read all the books and did all that stuff for like a year, was scared to buy a house. Um, Eventually bought one, rent out by the room, lived for free while making like a grand a month. And I was like, holy shit, this is the sickest thing ever. I'm making like 12 grand passive. And my whole plan was to hit the 40 grand. I was like, I need four houses. And I already did it in four years. Um, And that's when I started like learning. Once you buy your first deal, Mm -hmm. like you really start learning. I spent a full year like reading every book, listening to like every bigger pockets podcast I'd sit there like for eight hours a day at my desk and just started from the beginning and rolled through every single one. And like, I realized I learned more buying that first house than like listening to every podcast. Cause once you actually look at the numbers, you're like, Oh, that's what cash flow is, or that's what losing money is. And you really like start to learn it. Um, but then went to my next house from there, just the same thing. House hacked it filled the first one with all my friends. Cause I didn't know you could like just fill it with whoever. So I gave that a test run filled it all like in a month but first time I bought like a 5 bed home then I was like well I'll just add a bedroom and cash flow more Bought a 6 bed home did the same thing so then I was cash flowing like I don't know a grand off each house while living for free still and I was yeah. like this is the sickest thing ever and then I was like I'll just do this once a year forever <laughs> but um after that what I do oh I became a broker after that because people were just asking me about it mm-hmm. got my license and I was like did like three deals my first month brokering, which was like half my engineering salary at that point. I was like, Oh, this is sick. Took like half that like amount of work. Um, and then I learned like, that's not how it goes most of the time. Like didn't do a deal for like six months after, but I quit my job and then I couldn't qualify for loans anymore. So I was like, didn't know how that worked fully at that point. Couldn't qualify for anything. So my whole plan of buying one a year on that was mm-hmm. just like done. <laughs> um, At that point, learned how to do creative finance and seller carries and partnerships. And then that's where it really like started buying more properties that way. Um, then you know, bought fourplex, and then I think my next deal after that was actually a 16 unit. And then I bought like a couple more triplexes, a couple more houses, then like a 14 unit, then like a 12, then more stuff scattered in between, and then like a 32 mixed between. Mm. Um So that's kind of how I got started. But yeah, just learning creative finance was the biggest thing and partners. Yeah.
1: It was crazy when you were talking about how you used to do missile silos. Yeah, missile Missile, silos. And you're on Excel spreadsheet doing these calculations that are just like, what are Bro, these numbers even yeah. equating to? What right. Do, yeah. Like you, you mess up like one little like 00001 mm-hmm. percent of something and something probably blows up and it's like, well, yeah, I yeah. just killed this
0: many people probably. No, no, <laughs> no, that's not what I was doing. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> Bro, I was literally like people give you plans and you go talk to the people on the floor, welding stuff together and you're like just managing it. So there's like, when you think engineer, it's like 1% of the engineers actually know how all that stuff works and are doing like all that. And then most of us, like me, like I'm just managing a project and like competent enough to follow people's directions. Like, so it's not as crazy as it sounds, but learning math was like huge for underwriting and problem solving and just calculating like returns. Yeah. Like that was the biggest thing from that.
1: Because what I think of a real estate investor on Excel spreadsheet is literally like a hundred thousand (laughs) divided by 12. (laughs) uh, then divided by 30 days. Okay. This is how many, how much I need to make every single day. And I was like, how much do I need to, to, how do I equate that to houses and cash flow? And sure. then all of a sudden, okay, cool. I got these houses that spit out a thousand and it's like, how many houses do I need? And it's really so freaking simple. It's insane that it's like engineers don't just sometimes just play in their free time. just like, well, I have the salary. If mm-hmm. I were to figure out like, what are the other opportunities that I equate to this salary, mm-hmm. this pay per month? It's like, what other things could I be doing that yeah. doesn't burn my brain and makes me feel so tired and burnt out by the end of the day? Yeah. Every day. I don't know. Do you ever have conversations like that with your coworkers when you're back at the engineering firm?
0: Dude, it's no. Because um, I mean, I was like, you know, 18, like, or no, 22, 21, right out of college. So when I'm like learning finance at 21 and you have dudes who are like 50 and haven't even started saving money and you're like trying to talk to them about finance, like it's like, like they don't, they don't comprehend. I'm like, what are you planning to do? Like you have like three kids and you have no money. What are they doing? I don't know. That's what I was like. <laughs> Bro, they were asking me for advice and I'm 21 and I'm like, well, I mean, I heard this on a podcast. So, you <laughs> so you're asking a 21 year old for advice and you're like, you know, 50 years and you've been working for 30. It's like.
1: You were asking, yeah. like, what they were thinking?
0: Yeah. I was just trying to figure out, like... Because I'm hearing this stuff. I'm like, oh, these people are older. They probably save money and invest and stuff. But it's, like... Some of them do. Like, some know stuff. And, like, some people at the office would have rentals and stuff. But you would see it's, like, the consulting companies that come in where it's the business owners. It'd be those dudes that have all the rentals. And they'll have their consulting companies and all their other stuff. But, like, you learn, your normal workers, like, not too many of them have rentals. But every once in a while when you're talking to enough people, there there's some of them in there that do. Yeah. But most people
2: don't don't save don't invest don't plan yeah so you said you took a whole year to gather all this knowledge and i remember when Mm -hmm. i was at your house you had all these books and for the most part you read like every single one yeah have you always been i guess that devoted to learning no dude (laughs) dude it's just like the
0: situation like i just didn't want to be in the situation i was in so i was like how do i not do this and that was like the path forward Mm -hmm. so like it could have been like business, real estate, or whatever, but like real estate, it seemed attainable. And like there was so much free information. So you start listening to bigger pockets and like mm. they tell you what to do. Like Brandon would be like, Hey, underwrite 100 deals and you'll learn how to underwrite. So I would go on LoopNet and I'd underwrite 100 deals and like I learned how to underwrite. <laughs> um, and they'd throw out books too at the end of every podcast. So I'd be like, I just buy the audiobook, buy the book, and then like read it or listen to it. Mm. And it's like all the information to get started is just, is just sitting there. Yeah. It's literally like you could pick any of them and they all work and it's just like pick one and then do the steps. Yeah. But most people just like, and I did that for a year, right? Like I could have bought a house way sooner, like after the first book I read, but I was scared. Like the first deal I did was the scariest deal out of all of them. So one of the things that I think
1: about when it comes to taking action mm-hmm. is actually knowing what you're looking for. Sure. You could be like, yeah. yo, go underwrite a hundred deals. Yeah. And then I am be like, <laughs> okay. And then... But then I get to the the computer and I'm looking at the deals like, what the hell am I underwriting for? Mm -hmm. What what am I trying to do? So it's like, Uh -uh. how do you know what you're looking for? That's pretty much what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I was just doing those to learn how to underwrite to do math. Because like underwriting an apartment complex versus underwriting like a house, like it's not exactly the same, but it's the basic concepts are. So, I mean, I was just trying to learn like how to calculate returns. So when I go buy a property, like I know what my return will be. For most people starting out though, like I only had one option that I could think of. Like, I didn't know how to do a seller care. I didn't know how to do all this. Like my option that I could think of was I buy a house and rent out the rooms. So I was like, I'll do that. So like, it's, it's honestly easier with less resources and like just starting out because you have fewer options. Mm -hmm. Like if you had the knowledge you had today, dude, and then you tried to start out, you'd be like. You wouldn't know what to do <laughs> you wouldn't know yeah. what to start with
1: <laughs> so I guess it's like oh if you only are able to put three and a half percent down from the FHA loan yeah do it's it like you can only get these single-family houses you're just gonna underwrite single-family houses yeah. with three and a half percent down and then mm-hmm. figure out how much rent is gonna come in and what's what type of yeah. expenses are you gonna have right? exactly
0: no oh. okay so, I mean, yeah, just starting out, just do do whatever you can to start. Like, it's better to do something than nothing. Like, yeah. And most people's problem is, the, like, the first one and getting started. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not not knowledge. Like, dude, there's people that knew, know, like, so much about real estate from, like, all the books and everything, but don't own any properties. Like, it's, like, just buy one. So, what caused you to, I guess, take the action? Dude, again, it was just, like, the plan to not have to have a job. Like, have the option to work. And, like, figuring out how to do that. And then... Just seeing all the people who did it, like you, if you like see what they did, like they lay out all the steps for you. So it's just trying to repeat that. Mm. Um Whether that be like you can do it with stocks, like I was just putting everything in the S&P 500. It's exactly. like that would have worked. It would have took longer or you make more over time and invest more. But mm. like it works like. Yeah.
1: Today, Trevor and I were at lunch with this like 60 year old dude who's been in real estate for like the last 30, to 35 years. And it, it was crazy because <laughs> it was like Char and I were just reflecting on this guy and his life story and what he has shared with us. And it's literally not super well connected with anybody had to figure out the entire real estate game on his own. Mm-hmm. Don't know these different creative strategies. He was just doing. He was just buying houses, wow. and he stopped buying for like twenty
0: years. Dude, he stopped buying twenty years ago. Yeah, he could like, have had so many. He like- had hundred <laughs>
1: units at one point. Yeah. And what one of the biggest catalyst was him like, what cassette tapes and oh, dude, TV dude. infomercials. Yeah. It was like three hundred dollars worth of education. Yeah. And a lot of people would be like, "Oh, that's a scam." Yeah.
0: It's yeah, he bought, he said he bought a cassette tape for 300 bucks and it told him how to buy houses. He split um, it with five people because <laughs> he didn't want to spend the 300 bucks. <laughs> Bro, the craziest story. So, um, cause we'll cold call on deals and like write letters and do all that. I wrote a letter to all these owners. This lady calls me back and like in the letter, I just say like, Hey, I just want to hear how you got started and like hear your story. Cause I was just trying to learn. This lady calls me and I ask her how she got started. She was like 80 at this point owned like 20 mil worth of real estate like a single lady she moved here as a maid didn't speak english she bought a book that was called like how to become a millionaire with real estate and she's like i just read the book and did what it said and she didn't speak english made below minimum wage and she turned that to like she's like i just did what the book said like
1: (laughs) (laughs) what were the main things that the book said did you ever Dude, i don't remember
0: at this point like Because I was just trying to buy her stuff too. (laughs) But like, it was cool to hear. Like, she shared the whole story. I was asking her questions, but there's like, that's not like uncommon. Like, there's tons of people. Like, I had like five people respond to Larry, and they all had the same story. it's just different books and different things. But she's like, I just read one book and then did it.
1: It's crazy because we're going to be in that like 60 year old guy's shoes in like the next 30, 40 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, they're gonna be like oh how did you guys get started it's literally gonna be the same exact story i listen to bigger pockets
2: like, yeah, it's be like, like what's a be, podcast
1: and there's gonna be like ai and flying saucers in the future <laughs> and then we're just gonna be like what the hell is a podcast because everything mm-hmm. now is like you could be on steve harvey's show and they are have already recreated reincarnated mm-hmm. steve harvey and they're just like wearing the goggles and they're just like in his studio it's um. like what do you mean you guys listen to podcasts? You guys just weren't there? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Um, yeah. It's going to be a different world someday. And then mm-hmm. we're going to sound like major old timers. If mm-hmm. we're not just
0: totally obliterated by AI. Dude, it's but like, y- you're going to be doing the same stuff. Like you'll keep up with it because you're that's true. constantly integrating. You're not going to be I like so. those dudes who just like let it, let it go. Like there's dudes who stay up with it. Have you ever met an old guy that,
1: is actually good at using the computer. Like if somebody is, if somebody <laughs> is, if somebody yeah. is actually like a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. sure. But then it's just so far fetched in some ways because it's like they go from doing yeah. pen, paper mm-hmm. for everything, books, yeah. everything. And then you're telling me now everything's on the computer and you can send this email out and mm-hmm. communicate with whoever you want. And now you have an iPhone. It's like, I mean, you meet a lot of old investors and stuff like yeah. that. Do any of them seem sharp or have proven themselves sharp in that adaptation? What do you consider old?
0: Dude, like 60 plus, 70 plus. Dude, there, there's some of them that are like sharp and yeah, probably doing all that. I don't know if they're using AI. Dude, but the dudes who are that are that old, like we don't have the option to talk to them because they like grew like so like they're so wealthy, like, you know, <laughs> yeah, like getting connected with the dude, like it's way easier, like to get connected with those dudes who are worth like whatever, five wow. to 15 mil. That aren't doing it because like they're running mm, if they were dude they would be way like way wealthier
2: yeah it's interesting so back to your story mm-hmm. i'm curious why you chose engineering oh um that was just what i was told
0: to go do like i was just good right. at math so then i was like they're like i guess you'll be an engineer and i was like okay like dude like i wasn't at the point where i was thinking about it it was just on the path of like your family tells you you're going to college and like doing this so i was like I guess that's what I'm doing. I guess I'll get a job and like do all that till I actually, I started thinking about stuff once I like actually discovered podcasts and I saw like, Oh, people are doing like not nine to five jobs and like there's, (laughs) there's other options. (laughs) Like it's like the first thing, like I didn't even know podcasts existed till I was like a senior in college and like heard my first one and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like these people are doing like stuff that I haven't heard of. Mm -hmm. And I like opened my mind to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, my plan was, I didn't really have one. I was just following along with everyone else, like doing what most people do, just going to school. Just flowing with life. Yeah. Like do what everyone else is doing that's around you. Yeah. I mean, college was fun still. Like you'd work like homework for like two hours a day and then you'd work a little bit and then go mess around for the rest. Yeah. Like, but like, I was thinking like, if I knew what you knew or you were buying houses in college, like I was like yeah holy shit like i thought i started young (laughs) yeah
1: it's like we're doing a lot of random things and my Mm -hmm. friends are just like all confused like what is going on (laughs) it it really like disrupted the pattern of what was normal like Mm -hmm. just me buying houses or me just hanging out with these people and talk about like so obscure topics that even their parents don't have any clue what is going on
0: and that that's the thing, too, because, like, once I got into it, you start, like, nonstop talking about it because you're like, this is crazy. Like, how do people not, like, how is everyone not doing this? And people mm-hmm. just don't care about, like, real estate or finance or anything. Like, there's very few amount of people. Yeah. So, like, you find people that are, like, you guys who are into it and then you click yeah. with them.
1: How did that affect your relationships once, mm-hmm. like, you started talking about these things that you were super interested about and all of a sudden, like, everything else that was your previous yeah. life it's
0: not as interesting to you anymore. Yeah. You just kind of move away from it, honestly. Like I still have all those same friends, like close yeah. with them, but it's just like, you don't relate the same. Like you're just doing such different things and they just don't care about like that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like, most of them are just kind of doing like what I was doing. Like you're doing the same, every, same thing every single day. Like this year is the same as the next, like not much is changing and like there's nothing wrong with it. Like just do whatever you want. But like, I just didn't want to do that. Like you probably see the same thing too. Like you just kind of yeah. grow apart. You make new friends and we still have the old ones still like they're still all good people like i like Mm. them all yeah just don't hang out with them as much because we're not doing the same stuff Mm. how did your family react to when they found out dude when you're like because i was like 21 22 when i was buying that first one they're like you're buying a house like and i'm trying to explain like how i'm gonna rent out the rooms and they're like super confused like you're gonna rent out rooms like what do you mean um so they they didn't want me to or they like they weren't a fan of it they just couldn't comprehend it and i just kind of I was like, all right, well, I don't need them to do it. Like I had enough money at that point. Cause it's like 3% down three and a half, like 14 grand. Like, mm-hmm. and I was making like 52 to start or something. So saving enough every like pretty easily for that. Yeah. So what other things do you like to do that challenge mm-hmm. you? Oh yeah. Um, all those physical challenges we've talked about. So like I've tried like the marathons. Like pull up challenge, challenges, like all the stuff David Goggins says, like the four by four by 48. You hit that too, right?
2: I'd never did it. Oh, you it never did no, it? Dude.
0: Oh, we were supposed to, weren't we?
2: Yeah, we should have done it. Well, what happened was <laughs> after I got back from Oregon, I was really inspired. So yeah. I just woke up one morning and I was like, let me just run 10 miles. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, dude, yeah, I sent you a you video. Sent me a video. Yeah, so yeah. I ran 10 miles and then I just wrecked my knee. <laughs> Bro, yeah, you can't do it like that. So,
0: dude, the first thing I tried was like, same type of thing. I heard of this thing called the calendar club. So, you do, like, for every mile, like, every day of the week or month, you hit the mile. So, day one, one mile, then two, then three, four, oh, or five. Wow. So, like, I hadn't ran. And I, like, I was, like, oh, that's sick. Let me try that. And I think that was during COVID because, like, gyms were closed or whatever. Like, I got to, like, day 20 and then got injured. Oh, and, like, man. it was, like, man, that was a terrible idea. But, like, the next time I did it, when I built up all the challenges, like, I started small and, like, just kept stacking it and would hit at stuff every week. So, like, I saw, like... I hit like a triathlon, like the sprint ones where it's super small and like small stuff like that, run like five miles and like would frequently run. And then I looked out my window when I lived downtown in Salem and they were doing like a half Iron Man thing like outside. Dude, yeah. And I was like, That looks sick. I like Google what the distances are and I'm like, Oh, that's sick. Like look up when the next ones are and they're like so long away. I was like, I don't want to wait that long. Mm -hmm. So then that was like a Wednesday, and then I just bought a bunch of Gatorades and shit and then (laughs) planned to do it on Saturday. But that shit took so long, dude. I had like a mountain bike, like none of the proper gear. (laughs) Is this a (laughs) 70.3? No, no, no. So that, so this like started all that. So I hit the, hit the half Ironman thing, like finished it, but it took forever. Like it was hard and I didn't, wasn't a good swimmer. And then I like tried doing swimming, got it up to like two miles I could do. Then I hit like a half marathon. And then I hit, so, oh yeah, you guys went to the mountains, not these mountains, but there's like three mountains in Oregon. So I like ran up one, ran to the next, ran to the other and like four by 48, four by four by 48 with the Goggins thing. Mm. And I tried to pull up challenges and then I did the 70.3 thing. So oh, the okay. Everesting, you try to um, do twenty nine twenty nine thousand twenty nine feet of elevation gain equal to uh, Everest. And I was trying to like, have you, you know who Jesse Itzler is? You know, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's Sarah Blakely's husband. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So like they host this event called Everestine. Um, and the dude that he does it with is Colin O'Brady, and he's in Oregon, and I like just listened Mm -hmm. to it on a podcast and I was like, that's sick. They hike up gondola down. Oh yeah. So to do just do the equivalent like elevation hiking of Everest. So I like called all the ski resorts and I was trying to like see what it would take to do it and all of them were like no you're not doing that <laughs> like, would you have paid like three hundred dollars bro? well i so i had it set up to like i had enough people i thought would be interested where you charge them enough to cover the cost right oh, and okay. i had no clue but i was just like trying to set it up and um i got a hold of like the hood to coast people in oregon who like run they sell, do a race from mount hood to the oregon coast which is like kind of like halfway across the state or whatever and i called them and they like love the idea like that's sick, and I was like, okay, like, can we do it like this year and do all this? They're like, dude, that takes planning and all this stuff. So I'm like, <laughs> You're I'm like, I'm it. trying to do it now, <laughs> like tomorrow, <laughs> Bro, So I found a mountain. Like, I just looked on like all trails, found a mountain that I thought was a good grade. It was like a hill. It was like 700 feet, 800 feet of elevation. Mm-hmm. And then I just hit it all the way up and down. I had no ski lift, so I was like, I guess I'll run down and hike up. Wow. <laughs> Bro, that took it took like 36 hours. Of going just continual, it was like it ended up being like seventy miles, and then the twenty nine thousand feet of elevation. Jeez, what, thirty six like hours straight. Yeah, so I stopped at one point because it was like pitch black, middle of the dark. And last, yeah, I, I was doing it in Eugene, in Oregon, which is like a wooded area, kind of. And there was like a cougar. I don't know what cougar cat or some sort of animal. Mm-hmm. It was like in the dark. I had my headlamp on and see its eyes just sitting in the trail. And I'm like oh shit like kind of keep going past finish my lap and i come down and i see it kind of over here like yeah. looking at me still i'm like oh, i'm taking a break <laughs> like i'm killing my car bro i'm scared so i went in my car for like three hours at that point it was like i don't know like 2 a.m or 3 a.m or something so i waited till sunrise and then went back out but yeah so other than that it was straight but i would see people like because i started on like a friday morning or saturday morning there's people like hiking it one day and i was still going the next day and they're like <laughs> oh you came back i'm like man i've been going like since yesterday when you saw <laughs> me
1: what does doing like these excruciating
0: painful mm-hmm. mentally challenging activities do for you i mean i just wanted to see if i could do it honestly like it's the same as real estate like you see people doing it, you're like i want to try that like same kind kind of idea but I just kind of wanted to push my limits at that point and see, see what I could do. And I like, I worked up to that. Right. So mm-hmm. I hit like a half marathon before that. And like, that was the hardest thing mm-hmm. I'd ever done up to that point. And I didn't yeah. think I could run that. And then I like kept building upon it over time. Um, and I stopped running completely at one point and then got out of shape again. But <laughs> <laughs> So, so what's even harder than what you've already done? Describe something. Dude, the hard, so the hardest thing I tried to do was run 100 miles, but uh, I tried to do it where you go four miles every hour, and then, like, if you go over the hour, you're done. So, like, if you run, you know, four miles in 40 minutes, you have 20 minutes to rest. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was hard because, like, by the time you're, like, in the 40 range or 30 range even, like, you're pausing every single time and you sit down, get a snack, and you're like, fuck, I got to get back up again, like, it's raining. And, like, at that point, it was just cold and raining get back up, go back out. And it's just like, sit back down, fall asleep for five minutes. And that's, that was the hardest thing by far. Like, I think that would have been easier to like continually go just the stopping of it, like made it like Uh, hard. So I failed that thing. Like I made it to like, I was trying to get to the hundred and it took in like, you know, 24, 25 hours. And I made it to like somewhere between like 40 to 50.
1: Wow. So that would have been like 25 rounds. Dude. Yeah. So it's like, Every one hour on the hour, four mm-hmm. miles, dude. <laughs> what? Bro,
0: people thought I was crazy. Like, I picked this uh, like school to do it at because they had this track around no! it. it was like the perfect like distance, mm-hmm. and they had all the kids soccer games going at that time. So I was there for like, <laughs> like whatever, twelve hours, and I was just going, 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 going. This and people are like, "What are what you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm trying to go to a hundred miles." And they're just like, "What?" <laughs> were you eating during that time oh yeah yeah i ran out of food though and then i would like be on my phone like ordering chipotle delivery drop (laughs) it off at my car yeah (laughs) but yeah i would eat what did i eat like i just bought whatever foods like that's the thing like i didn't know anything about was nutrition like and getting Mm. electrolytes like the first like half marathon i tried i didn't know what electrolytes were and i like trained for it and did like proper training everything made it to like 11 miles and then just like was oh, really? gassed, like I didn't wait know in why. a marathon, half marathon. I've done, I've tried one marathon, but that was like same type of thing. Like
2: me and my buddy were like, "Hey, you want to try a marathon this weekend?" And just- so. If you were to do a half marathon again, yeah. would you like bring some sort of snack on the way? Yeah,
0: like the the Gatorade chews. I started taking okay. like that thing, like stuff like that. That helps a lot. Dude, half marathons too small
2: to have food.
1: <laughs> You're just gonna run it all the way through. Bro, that's why I thought. <laughs>
2: but yeah, like no, Well, they say <laughs> at least with Ironmans that mm-hmm. you should be eating and I, it's like the same thing basically in terms of just cardio i think it's like nonstop. 100 calories an hour or something. no it's two it's actually 200 200? Okay. well i guess it's what? dependent on the person but it's 200 yeah. every hour yeah yeah
0: and i don't know the proper way to do any of this i was
2: just like yeah. <laughs> i was just going for no, it i was like fun. that looks cool let me try It's fun. we're Whatever. doing a mar- half marathon september 30th. Oh, yeah. september 30th and then i'm gonna, well I'll, i would like to do a marathon Do i think it's november 19th yeah the marathon is by like that was like you know, I did
0: that one in like four hours, trying to do the half in like under an hour and a half. But like the marathon was so hard because just
2: on the road, it's so boring. Like, yeah, it just sucks. I like, really my goal is to break three hours, but <laughs> oh, let's get, let's go to Boston. <laughs> <Dude>, that's <laughs> so fast. Like, why don't I'm, I'm not in, I'm not in that shape at all. But that's my goal at least. It's this. It's six fifty pace for this one coming up. No, no. Well, yeah. Oh, so I wanted. I think like. I'm just gonna try and do the half marathon at 650 pace, and then depending okay. on how that goes, then I'll try and double dude, that. So the t- the tip for that, because I was trying to do the half in an hour and a half, so same pace. Mm-hmm.
0: The tip is to not like you're gonna get too excited at the beginning and mm-hmm. like go way too fast, dude. I was looking at my pace and I was killing my pace. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm gonna crush this time, and I think that's why I ran out of like electrolytes or whatever. Yeah, you ran out of gas. Yeah, because I was just like killing the time, and then all of a sudden, just done.
1: Dude, there's guess. just something about running in a pack or running in a crowd that just boosts your adrenaline to the point that it doesn't even feel like you're running fast at all and you're just like blazing and you're just going for like you're probably good for like two three four miles then the adrenaline wears off and all (laughs) of a sudden you're getting scorched yeah scorched you know it's just like wiped out by your own like your own body it's like telling you Mm-hmm. You're not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not that guy. <laughs> and then it's just like you're right. You gotta start off running like your seven twenty pace that you've been yeah. training, like regularly, that you can run seven twenty pace for like eight miles straight without stopping. And yeah. then once you get through like that halfway part, seventy-five percent part, oh then you turn on the jets and try to go for for your time, you yeah. know? Like you wanna be able to go for your time by Turning up your speed towards mm-hmm. the latter part, and then now it's just like, well, I got this much time in order to make it make it happen, and I have this much energy. Yeah. Versus you already spent all your energy through oh, like seventy five percent of the race, and it's like, I really hope I have enough time to get through this last twenty five percent. It's like that's why they say finish
0: strong. Yeah. Well, dude, that so the fitness stuff kind of relates to real estate because like both of them like the similarities are they compound over time. So like the fitness stuff. Like when I got worked up to like a two mile swim, like not fast or anything, Mm. but the first time I tried to do like swim, bro, I swam across the length of the pool one time. Like, bro, like I was like, holy shit, I'm gassed. Like, and then I built that up to like two miles. I don't even remember how many lengths that is, but a crazy amount. But it's the same thing for buying deals, like first house, bro, versus like Mm. just stacking however many units you get to. Yeah. That's insane. Like, it's just as you keep doing it, it compounds.
2: Mm.
1: So, what are some things that are still on your bucket list that you, want to accomplish or Mm. is it kind of a year by year thing for you
0: it's been year by year so far because a lot of that stuff like it took a couple years to get to like like the three mountain thing when i like because that was like thirty thousand feet and like i don't know 32 miles like you would go up one run like six miles to next and do all that like that took like three years to hit like i or like two years like i failed it twice before making it all the way um I think a hundred miles would be cool still. But like, like I said, I stopped exercising. So right (laughs) now I'm trying to like work it back up to, Mm -hmm. to get back in shape. But I don't know. I got to sit down and think about it honestly. Cause like I realize not having like the target set, like you just don't do anything if you don't have a target set. Like I need like something like a
2: distance out that I'm working towards. Yeah, me too. Yeah. It's way better. Like like, that's exactly how I operate. mm -hmm. I, uh, I wasn't really consistently working out mm-hmm. for a while and I I like wanted to do some something like a savage race or mm-hmm. something like that but none of it sounded difficult enough where I knew I was actually going to train for it. So then I did the sprint triathlon. Yeah. And then now I'm doing the Olympic and then I want to do a half marathon. Oh, you're doing the full tri- like the Olympic. Yeah, level. it's like Oh, that's like the 20, is that a marathon running or a half no, marathon? No, 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 It's not even, it's not even close to that. It's okay. like 0. 0.9 mile swim, 23 mile bike ride, and then yeah. six mile run. Okay. So it's really yeah, not I that crazy. That yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I want to do the half marathon, the marathon. Mm-hmm. And then next year I want to do a half Ironman and then an Ironman. And then yeah. I want to do a 50 miler and then I want to do a hundred miler. Yeah. What, what, but when do you want to do all those by? I mean, so the main thing is. It just depends how the half marathon and the marathon go. Mm-hmm. And then next year, I definitely at least want to do a half Ironman. Yeah. And then if, depending on the, how the half Ironman goes, then I'll do a full Ironman. And okay. That that would probably be next year. And then the year after that would be like the ultra marathons. Yeah. But Dude, the half Ironman, that took like,
0: I want to say like eight hours. Yeah. because i was on a mountain bike. yeah dude. so like the biking like- took twice as long <laughs> oh. and it was like 100 and something outside <laughs> dude so, like my other times weren't bad but like the
2: biking time took like four to five hours which is like just super long yeah that's funny when i did the sprint triathlon mm-hmm. I, w- I was like eighth out of the water out of maybe like 50 people or whatever so yeah. i was like that's pretty do- good that i was doing pretty good yeah and then i got to the bike and I only passed, I probably got passed by like 30 people. <laughs> I I got passed, I passed two people and they passed me back. And I was like, I was looking up the times and it was, it was my bike. Yeah. Oh dude, you don't realize. Yeah. yeah. 'Cause I tried to do oh, like one of the other
0: things too, I was trying to do like a fifty mile ride. And I dude, I was just assuming like, I don't know, you ride a bike at like twenty-five miles an hour or something. <laughs> Not even close. I started Googling like, what do like the actual bikers ride? It's like twenty two miles per hour, like with dude, their like expensive but, ass bikes. Yeah. So I was like, I dude, I started my ride. I passed one of those speed check things and I was going downhill. <laughs> I was I hit 13 miles an hour. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, this is gonna take way longer than I thought. <laughs> You're like
1: half of what you anticipated. Bro, yeah. You know, I felt super inspired this past week. I guess we were just sitting on like my deck eating food with some friends from church, and mm-hmm. we we're just like, yo, why don't we do like the Savage Race or the Half Marathon or a Marathon mm-hmm. this year? And then it was like a group of us wanting to do it. I think maybe yeah. Four or five of us actually were like, we're going to do the half marathon. Yeah. We're going to sign up for it. So it was like, I don't think anyone has actually signed up for it unless Josh is yeah. the only one that has, but
0: I'm going to sign up for it. I'm going to go sign up right. for it right after this. Dude, that's what you'll find. Like most people don't, because most of that stuff I tried, like people are always like, oh dude, I'll do that too. Like I'm down, I'll text them like, hey man, like you read, you free this day? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they don't show up and they're not like, I don't want That's crazy. To do <laughs> There's like a few people who have tried a few things and then they'll like stop part way through. I have like one friend who tried a few things with me. He's like, I'm not going to do the full thing, but he's like, I'll start it. It's
2: mm-hmm. so like, there's a few people, but most people don't want to. So what anyone. was it like with the three mountains mm-hmm. failing that twice? The And how did you get home? Cause I feel dude, like if dude, you failed it, you'd be like unable to even dude. drive. Yeah.
0: So the, the first one I did it with two buddies and then they were just gassed. We we made it up to the second one and they are dying. They made it back down and we were away from our car. Mm-hmm. And we had the car parked at the beginning and the car parked at the end. So we didn't expect <laughs> to in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so like I was feeling decent. So I ran back and I got the car and then went and got them. And then I tried it again. Um, and I made, oh, I made it to the last one. And the last one, like, it's like you hit like. 6,000 feet on the first and then maybe like five on the next. And the last one's only like three or something like that. So it's like nothing. It's the easiest one. Mm-hmm. And I was going up it like the last stretch. I just had to go up it and back down. And bro, I started going up it and just like same thing, like let or whatever, just gassed and like sat down and like gave up con it. Like I was pissed at myself when I did it. So I was like, <laughs> fuck, I got to try it again. But yeah, so that time just was gassed. And the next time I did it, like I just went by myself that time and I just I'm like, well, I guess i got to make it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was more prepared, too, because I learned, like, oh, I didn't have this. I didn't have these Gatorades. So on my way there, I'd go drop all, like, I think I'd drink, like, body armors or whatever. And I'd drop them at, like, the halfway point. So I made okay. sure I had enough stuff. Yeah, that's smart. Dude, I just don't... I didn't know anyone that does any of that, like, running or anything. Because I grew up, like, playing basketball and then played college basketball for a little bit. And I don't know anyone that runs or does any of that stuff. So I was just, like, just going for just it. Dude, dude you should, more.
1: like looked up Jesse Itzler's crew or whoever he hangs out with and just try to work through the degrees of separation until oh, you find like, find like his
0: lowest tier dude who's still yeah. like
1: tight with the dude and then just work your way in and he's like, yo, now I'm running with Jesse Itzler, guys.
0: <laughs> no, that I mean, they they just inspired me to do it though because they're just yeah. like motivational speakers and they're doing that stuff. So I was like, I guess that's what successful people do. <laughs> like, I'll try
2: it. <laughs> what yeah. was... Uh, How do you think your basketball career Mm -hmm. impacted
0: what you do today dude so the biggest thing i learned from that was discipline because dude i sucked at basketball so like i wanted to like be decent because that's all i don't know for whatever reason i liked it so when i was a kid from like third grade all the way through college dude i played like almost never missed a day but i would do a routine where i made x amount of shots from every single spot And would record how long I practice every day in a notebook, dude, from like third grade to like, and I would only miss like if we had to travel for a game day and it like took all day. So like, I just like was disciplined from that. And then like, same thing for when you're doing real estate and like learning any skill you like, if you have discipline, you can kind of learn whatever. Yeah. So I don't know why I did it. Like, dude, I would do like eat no candy, no sugar because I like read a book when I was in like fourth grade <laughs> that like you'll be better at sports if you don't drink soda. So I'm like, okay, like, okay. <laughs> I guess I won't do that. <laughs> Who's wow. the dude that climbed that um,
1: Mount Cap in Yosemite? Alex, mm. hey, Alex Honnold. Alex oh. Honnold. Alex Honnold. He wrote down like every single move. He like remember. Yeah. Did you ever watch that, that movie, Free Solo? No, no, I never did. Oh, you got to watch Free Solo, dude. It's sick. <laughs> Bro, I didn't have Wi-Fi for a long time. <laughs> now you Didn't know. watch Netflix. Dude, that's <laughs> a movie worth watching if you want yeah. I don't know. I think that's something that you may be interested in. But what Alex Honnold was doing was what you were mm-hmm. talking about in terms of like taking notes down. How could you improve? Or like he reflected on doing that climb at um, Mount Cap in Yosemite. Mm-hmm. And he would do it on rope, and then he would remember exactly where he put his foot on what rock and where he put his hand. And I was like, "Dude, that's crazy that somebody would try to memorize their entire route." But if you cared
2: about it enough, yeah, why would you? I mean, you also need to if you're if you're you're, in a free solo, it's pretty like no rope. It's pretty important that you know every single yeah yeah. So you basically need to create a formula.
1: And you need to create like a methodology in order to accomplish that. I just realized that. I was just like, <laughs> Are there things that I should be writing in my life in order to remember how I made this mistake? So remember,
0: mm-hmm.
1: when this happens, don't do this. Yeah. Try to go this route and try to be
0: disciplined as much as you can because mm-hmm. our human nature would try to lead us back to our old ways. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of like tracking your metrics, like what you guys do in all your business stuff. Like if you have all the data and like the information to what was working, like you can kind of look back and compare it. So, like I used to record like the calories and weights and all that stuff too. And you can go back and look at all of it. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: Have you ever thought about like. Dude,
1: I, it's funny how Brandon is doing like the better life thing. It's just like, how do we live a better life? Yeah. Have you ever thought about like, what are the metrics in your life that you need to make sure you hit in order to know that you're living that better life?
0: Yeah. No, I probably should though. Like, I mean, you got your basic ones like wealth, like health, family, friends. Sure. Like, but like, but...
1: what do you care about specifically? What's on your board?
0: Yeah. I've thought about it a little differently. Like I was trying to think about like what, what I like to spend my time doing and like what you need in every activity and it's like you need a community and you need like an unlimited growth potential and like access to do it so like when you play basketball like you have a bunch of other people playing you can go practice wherever and then you can get as good as you want with real estate like we have all these investors all this stuff you have all the information available to you and you can take it as far as you want and like everything that i've learned how to do has kind of had those three things and that's i don't know that's not answering your question at all. But that's kinda how I think about it. Yeah,
1: no. I mean those are those are ways to answer that question. I think it's just like personally when I define out the things that make a better life, like you said, it's like the health, like how am I making money? Well, how do I you know exercise my creative juices? Mm-hmm. It's like who am I hanging out around and do mm-hmm. I hang out around them enough? I think that's that's one of the, the big things. It's not Mm -hmm. I think that's like one of the things that are most easy. It's just like, oh, if I like I think the number one thing people say is like, oh, who do you hang around? Yeah, the five people. The five people. Mm -hmm. You're basically the average of those five people. And I think the biggest the biggest metric in my life is oh, who are the top five people that I spend my time around? Yeah. And that's literally how my life becomes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause sometimes it can be really scary. It's like Dude, mm-hmm. I got that one guy in my life I'm not saying to anybody <laughs> you got Josh like, this, this <laughs> the one guy like, this freaking guy
0: it's like he's making me f-. no I say saying nah he's not making me do nothing <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's but the, the cool thing with that is because we have the internet and books and all that so you mm-hmm. can kind of pick like who the, they don't have to be like physically there like yeah, if you're listening true. to like Brandon like on a podcast for X amount of hours like when you're listening to Bigger Pockets that's like kind of becomes one of those people you're hanging mm-hmm. out with so
1: dude that's outside of the box
0: I don't really think about it like that.
1: I'm just thinking like people that I physically spend time around. I think sure. most people would think like that as well, but that's that's really that's really true, really accurate. It's like if you like one specific podcast or like three podcasts that you cycle through, and this is just like every week thing and you may spend 3 mm-hmm. days listening to all those podcasts. Like that's the way that you think. You yeah. basically used media in order to change
0: your beliefs and thinking. Yeah. It's no, it's super influential. Like, dude, when we were talking about it, like how the culture is like you hate jobs or like quit your job. And that's the whole culture. And that's like, and you made me think about it. Cause like that was my mindset. Cause that's what everyone in the space says. Is like, <laughs> how do you quit your job working sucks? And you're like, how are you supposed to run a company and have employees <laughs> if you tell everyone working sucks?
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's
0: like, dude, that was a huge mindset shift.
1: And what, what, um, what talking about is, you know, Stephanie Betters, She we came over to her house and she was just talking to us, telling us um, a lot of real estate investors are aiming for fire. Fin- uh, you know, financial independence, retire early, and they're shooting to, you know, buy all these rentals, do these flips, pocket this amount of money, and then just F you to, like, everything else in their life and just go run off into the sunset, drink Mai Tais on the beach. Mm-hmm. But then, like, if you become that guy... And then you just did all your work up front and then just like was lazy for the rest of your life. Yeah. What kind of life are you inspiring others to live? Especially if you're trying to be a leader to those people. Yeah. And it's just like, why, why would you do something that you hate? Like, like would they get the, the, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that we were hanging out with today, it's just like, you're saying Trevor is like, this guy hates real estate. This guy,
0: what was it? what were you dude, saying dude he yeah he built up this portfolio he self-manages it all is kind of like he, he's a cool dude but he like built up this thing could have all this freedom if he ran it better but he's he's making it super shitty because he's there doing all the work like just bitching about it the whole time like he just i don't know what his reason for doing it was like why would you build all that up if you're not going to take advantage of the pros of it like to like he could have created all the time freedom had all the money like done all this stuff but like i don't know why he was doing it like he just had another shitty job like he wasn't capitalizing on any of it and yeah. he was worth like i don't know we we're like 5 mil of free and clear property but just yeah. like bitching about everything like dude i don't know why
1: yeah and it's like another way that you could spin that to people in which you're working around is like yeah i'm working to create freedom but create options and i want the option to be able to work here mm-hmm. as freely as i want be able to push the limits be able to innovate to inspire and I want you guys Mm -hmm. to all be after the same thing that I'm after. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I want to create that type of culture where people are just like, let's all pursue freedom so that we can have options and we choose to be here. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think that's really inspiring where it's just like, people will work harder for things that they truly believe in and they want to pour their heart and soul into rather than I'm obligated in order to get this paycheck in order to move my life forward. And this is not really what I want to do in the end game
0: anyways. Mm -hmm yeah it's really sad yeah dude i i don't know that's but you see that a lot because those you just like i don't know they're just chugging along and don't like step back and think about it and they just keep buying more properties and then they just create more problems for themselves because they're just like self-managing it but they don't want to go do the work but they kind of have to Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah and they have all this stuff and then it's like they just spend all their time doing that and like don't
2: don't utilize any of it yeah when we uh got dinner last night, you mentioned something about how your girlfriend and you mm-hmm. use like EOS in your relationship. <laughs> and <laughs> I said she uses it. <laughs> okay. She she implements it. She yeah. It's just a cop how, how has that <laughs> been different compared to the other relationships you've been in and like do you think it increases I guess Does it doesn't make the relationship better.
0: Yeah. Cause you're, you're more intentional and you're thinking about things. Right. So like with EOS, you're like setting time to step back, like set goals, make sure everyone's on the same page and like do all that versus just going along with it. Um, you can take it too far. I think with a relationship where you're like analyzing each other too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> so that's where I was like. But, um, yeah, I mean it's like a lot of that stuff that works with business, works in friendships and all sorts of stuff because a lot of it is just about being intentional and like mm. thinking about things. So, I mean it's it's helpful for a lot of things, but I think you can take it too far and like worry about some stuff too much.
2: So, what are some
0: rocks that you guys have? <laughs> uh, we had so we were doing one where we're learning learning about each other, so like sharing books, like I'm reading a book about whatever she's into and then I pick a book doing that. We're we set a few trips. I should know these better too. Did she set up? She, so we use, <laughs> she uses notion. I use notion and she built the whole thing with all our rocks on notion and whatnot. Mm. I got to check it more. Cause I have tasks. She assigned me on there <laughs> doing <laughs> stuff, <bro. laughs> like stuff to take care around the house, but I'm not great at checking it. <laughs> That's um, so funny. But there, there's, there's some more in there too, but we start out with like simple. Oh, then it was like, it was cause we're both busy. So it was like making sure we spend time together still. So it's like, Hey, we're going to, each planned one date night every month or like one trip or one thing so it's like pretty simple stuff but it's just trying to be more intentional with things that we both want yeah that's sick i'm like thinking about
1: how i can go to my friends that i want to continue to you know move the needle forward in terms of Mm -hmm. those friendships and i'm just like do i go to them and tell them hey i want to run l10 like (laughs) i do i need their buy-in or do i just run it and it's just like or I guess it has to be a two sided thing. We got to work at this together, guys. Yeah. So I got this book, read it. <laughs> you try to give them EOS. And it's like, yo, this friendship's on EOS now. Like, I don't know <laughs> what kind of operating system you are operating on, but it's not working. Like, we, we actually need a real system. Yeah. And then eventually, my next business idea will be
0: a friendship operating system. Dude, you could probably, I mean, dude, just take EOS yo! and replace business yo! with friendship, and then there you go. <laughs> If I started running a friendship operating system <laughs> business,
1: I feel like really wealthy people will pay me money for that. Dude, dude, and then
0: you just hire all your VAs to run it, and you're you're set. Yeah, just holding people accountable or create a whole software. Dude, cut that out, okay? <laughs>
1: it's like, no. Maybe it's a good idea. Anything could be a good idea, but it's about the execution. What are some of your ideas that... Maybe it didn't survive execution, but it was like, you thought it was a really great idea.
0: Um, trying to do value add properties that I didn't know how to do. <laughs> that was one. Um, we've talked about that. Um, I haven't had that many ideas. Honestly, I've been learning a lot from guys like you. Cause I just like, I'm at the point where I need to like set more systems, like started implementing EOS and like, have seen how much it changes. Yeah. But, like seeing how you're actually running stuff. Cause you're a few steps ahead with actually having, like, I don't have employees and all that stuff like so i need like that's something i'm thinking about more i haven't like given it a ton of thought just Mm -hmm. learning and then like because my girlfriend runs the business too so i get Mm -hmm. to watch her and what she's doing so i've just been kind of absorbing everything and trying to figure out what to do because now it's Mm -hmm. like i'm at the point how i mentioned like someone starting out with information overload it's hard to like decide which Mm -hmm. direction Mm -hmm. so now i'm in the space where i see all these people doing all this different stuff and it all works it's like i have to think what do i want to do yeah and it's like I don't know, and that's what you were talking about a lot—is like having a mission and a purpose. Like at first, like it's just like, all right, I want financial independence. Then you, it's like, all right, I want a million-dollar net worth. It's like, all right, I want 100 units, and it's just like a moving goalpost. And every time you hit it, you feel no different.
2: Yep. So it's
0: like you're talking about like you want to, you know, go affect X amount of people's lives and create this for them. Like, so that's something I was like taking notes on when we were talking, and like I need to go home and like think about this because then it's like you have a reason for showing up and doing stuff. Right now, I've just been kind of. It's just kind of fun doing deals. <laughs> yeah.
1: Would you describe yourself as between the two of being a visionary and an integrator? Which one do you fall more in alignment? Bro, oh,
0: so I thought I was an integrator, but I'm told I'm a visionary. So like, I've been who told to, you were a yeah, visionary? So Adrian told me I was oh. a visionary. Um, but I, for some reason, like I fit myself, and I was like, "Oh, I'm the integrator," and she's like, "What are you talking about?" Like. Maybe That's she's not just too know. good of an integrator. She's just like, just well, she's vision. a visionary too. So she was like, yeah. telling mm-hmm. me, but why did she say yeah. that? I don't know. Cause I'm still like learning EOS and how everything works. Like, visionary, you come up with the idea, right? And the integrator is like, you come up with the high level, and the integrator runs it all. Um, But I don't know. I guess she thinks I, I have more ideas than I think I have. I don't know. And then there's uh, people like Perry who are both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Dude. Perry the Asian platypus. That guy. I love (laughs) that. I freaking love Perry Zhang, dude. Mm -hmm. But it's just so interesting. I was just like, yo, Perry. I don't know. Um, So I was talking to him about his business. I was like, talking about the visionary integrated buckets. He was like, why are we limiting ourselves to putting ourselves into a a bucket? I was like, who told you that you are an integrator? Who told you that you can only be a vision? Because this guy came from an engineering background, and now he's like the CEO of like his own tech company, and mm-hmm. he's just continuously spitballing ideas. It's like, if you spend enough time on magic mushroom – No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if you spend enough time thinking about it, you can come up with any idea under the sun, and you can just do that, and then eventually, you know – just think about it some more, which ones actually make sense by doing whatever analysis you want, and then you put it into motion. And if you want to be organized, maybe it doesn't come naturally to you, but you could be organized.
2: Yeah, I think the integrator role is really just com- comes down to discipline. And I think that a lot of visionaries kind of use the visionary excuse so that they don't have to be disciplined and... Yeah integrate things dude honestly like when i was looking at the chart and the roles
0: i wanted to be a visionary because i was looking at it, i was like it looks like a visionary does way less work bro you just mess around and you come up with ideas and then the integrator just goes and makes all the money <laughs> yeah no way to call me out on that <laughs> <laughs> hey i mean i didn't
1: <laughs> no the visionary is the because it it's risked, also the dude. it's also the idea salesperson it's the idea salesperson has to get buy in from everybody else in the organization in order to put the idea into motion, that it's even worth the time
2: to put it into motion. Yeah, I don't really think that's a difficult thing to do, though. To get other people on have board. Have you ever heard a doing? stupid idea, Josh?
0: Bro, I think it's, yeah, I don't know.
2: I think it's so, harder. But it's know. like, for the most part, okay, you have an idea. And then if you could relate to how the idea impacts other people positively, mm-hmm. then most people would be on board with it. Like, so all you have to do is just have an idea and, and then make it unselfish and make it more about the other people and how, once again, it could impact them positively. And then that's, all that's really all you need to get people on board is if, if it helps them and it helps people that they care about and then to integrate it, all you need to do is just be disciplined enough to like make sure everything is all your ducks are in a row and you have everything you need to complete that idea.
1: Yeah. But you can come up with an idea that you really don't care about and you use that formula. and It's just like, yeah, I'm trying to put these things in place, trying to make people care about it. But then it's just like kind of artificially manipulating what you started with. And it's just like, to to the point that it's not really what you originally cared about because maybe you're not being authentic to yourself. So there's a level to it. I don't know. Maybe that didn't really make sense. But
2: (laughs) in, in my head, I was just like, well, what do you think you need to convince people to like follow after an idea? Where are the fundamentals of that? It definitely needs to serve other people and
1: something that they align with something that they can get on board and it's just like this is bigger than myself
2: yeah that's definitely a key one it has to be bigger than themselves preferably lasting after their death because that's kind of a big thing like if you know what you're working towards is going to end when you die like that's not really that motivating so if you have that and it impo- impacts them positively like yeah you could go For the most part, you get to kind of morph almost any idea into that. No.
1: What I was saying was more so in alignment with like, okay, well, we want to help these hungry children in Africa, but it's like, I have no connection to these hungry children in Africa. And sure, that may be really important to do. And there's a lot of important things that we can do in the world, but maybe because of like our own personal experiences and things that really like break our heart Mm -hmm. because we've seen it firsthand. Yeah. Then that's we could speak more personably at, you know, a first person perspective or point of view. So that was more so what I was saying, where it's just like, yeah, you can make a really important goal that is bigger than yourself, but you may not truly care about it because you don't have any perspective to tie it to.
2: Yeah. That makes sense. But I feel like for the most part, the ideas that you come up with, they don't like they don't just show up out of nowhere because of something you saw that you don't resonate with. For the most part, your ideas are like a reflection of the things that you've you've experienced. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dude, you're going to start your own company and leave Jesse, bro. <laughs> nah. Dude, stop letting him have ideas. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go work at Josh's next company, bro.
1: I'll try to add as much value as I possibly can. Put me on the board.
2: Say <laughs> no. So do you have any advice for someone... That just got their engineering job and they're talking to all these, all their coworkers, and they're realizing, mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, that's gonna
0: be me. I mean, the advice is just to think more about what you wanna do, like, step back, like, out of the day to day activity of it and think about what you wanna do. Cause some people love that stuff. Like, some people love engineering and you can make a ton of money being an engineer. Like, it's a good job. Like, it was pretty chill. Like, no one's yelling at you. Like, you make decent money. Um, but it just comes down to like, what do you want to do? So like, I would really think about it. And that's like, not something anyone tells you to do. You just follow the path and no one tells you to think on your own. Mm. So like, once you start to think on your own and think about what you want, then it's like, it's way
2: easier to make decisions. So how do you think on your own when you're only around people that yeah I guess don't do that so I guess it's not even thinking on your own but you're,
0: you're exploring new ideas because nothing I've came up with is my own idea like I'm just copying other people but it's like my own thought of I want to try that mm-hmm. and to do that you have to see like I'm not coming up with like I can go run this like a marathon on my own like I saw someone else do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like I didn't mm-hmm. go buy this property on my own and figure out how to do it. Mm-hmm. I saw someone else do it so it's opening up and like exp- especially starting out like you want to learn as much as possible and see all the stuff possible so if you see something that you're interested in i would say just start going for it because you'll figure out really fast if you don't like it Mm. and it doesn't hurt to start many things like the biggest step to starting out is like getting started and then that's like the biggest detriment like what you have right jesse is like you try to start so many things now because it helped you get started with what you have going now but now if you keep doing that you never finish like continue building what you're working on so it's really helpful starting out but not as helpful once you get going Yeah. What got you here is not gonna get you there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what are some things that you are personally thinking about what got you to where you are today Mm -hmm. is not gonna get you to maybe where you wanna be. Maybe like you don't know exactly where you wanna be. But what are some immediate steps in the short term near future that you wanna implement
0: in order to get
1: to, you know, the next elevated level?
0: So, I, I mean, I like what you have going on where you have the whole culture and everything like and you know what service you're providing and what you're doing. So, like, because I think of it, it's two two different ways, like you have active income and you have your passive income, like now money and future money. Like I kind of figured out like a base level of passive income and like future money with investments because like I'm buying all of those deals on terms and they're not paying you day one. But it's like it's real estate. It goes up over time. Your rents are increasing over time on a value add property. Like it takes it's an investment. It takes a while. What I'm trying to figure out is like the day to day and how to do that. Cause I like helping people do deals and brokering's cool, but it's figuring out how to make now money doing something you like, like what you're doing, where you're going every day, you have the team and doing all that. So that's what I've been trying to work on. So, like me and Dane, right? We started doing stuff and it's so scattered and unorganized. So it's cool seeing what you guys have and you have structure and like all that. And that's why we started using EOS to start thinking about it. So. I don't I don't know yet but like talking to guys like you and then some other people I met a couple of days ago like seeing what you're doing and thinking about it like it just models like oh I should think about that too like I'm not gonna do the same thing as you but I'm gonna ask the same questions and see what you're doing yeah but so I don't know <laughs> yeah I don't know
1: either I think it changes all the time mm-hmm. over time like you said becomes like a moving goalpost mm-hmm. per se but when you're very intentional, like once you hit that goalpost and you're waiting to like shoot that next goal, like you're actually being intentional about it. It's like based off of what you have, your current resources and the knowledge that you built to get to this point, what what is possible and who else could I help? Then it's just like, You're not just moving the goalpost for the sake of accomplishing more.
0: Yeah. So I liked the thing you threw out where you were like, I'm trying to influence people's lives to help them achieve financial independence and like, you know, within my company and outside of like, cause that's cool. Cause like that's, was my personal goal. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what we do right now with helping people invest and like advise and do things like that. So like, that's one thing that was going through my mind of like, how do I do that in the best way possible Mm -hmm. where I can still make money doing it? Cause right now we, Like I was saying, we do it for free just all the time. Like people will hit us up and we'll just sit down with them. And like most people don't take, like do anything with it. But like a few people do, like how I met Dane or I'm like, here's how I bought these properties. Here's what I'd recommend you do. He calls me two months later. He's like, hey, man, I got a 10 unit apartment. This dude owns nothing. (laughs) Like not one property, bro. Just calls up, has no money. He calls up. He's like, hey, man, I got this 10 unit apartment complex. Like, can you help me like do it? I did these first steps, but don't know where to go. And we're like, yeah, dude. (laughs) And that's like the same, same thing that happened with me when I did like my first like 16 unit it's, I I sat down, like listened to bigger pockets. They taught me how to underwrite, did all that stuff, met my mentor who was not my mentor at that time. And like, I just went to lunch with him he gave me some tips. Here's how you find a deal. Here's what you can do. I showed him what I was doing and then went and bought that 16 unit and then called him back and I was like, Hey, thanks man. Like your tips really work, but yeah. Yeah, so that's super cool. Like, they influenced me, helped me get to FI, and, like, super cool to pass that on. So I think if
2: you can do that for a bunch of people, like, that's fun. Yeah. One of the things that Steve Trank said, and I believe he read this out of a book, might have been rigging the game, but I'm not sure. He said that he gave us, like, a bunch of exercises you can do, and the whole goal of all the exercises is Mm -hmm. to find out what you're passionate about. Okay. And kind of the way you do that is just write down every single task you do mm-hmm. and then give yourself a rating of like, I like to do it and I feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I'm good at doing it, but I don't feel fulfilled. And then I would never pay myself to do it. Yeah. And then kind of like look at the, I like to do it and I feel fulfilled and kind of see what they have in common. Mm-hmm. And then for the most part, that's probably what you're passionate about.
0: Yeah. And
2: then he's like, okay, well, if that's exactly what I'm passionate about, then how can I... Make money off doing that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I should do
0: that. That'd be a good exercise. Cause like I already know, like, just doing deals is fun. Like, so I'm doing deals with or like four people, like without getting paid and whatnot. But it's still fun. Like, it's just fun to see people do deals. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's awesome. So if people want to get a hold of you, reach out to you, talk about real estate mm-hmm. deals, learn more about mm-hmm. you or what you want to um, do in the future. How do they reach out to you? Like how can they find you?
0: Um, I have an Instagram. It's it's T how five or T how underscore five, Trevor Howard, <laughs> one of those two. Um, that's probably the best way. Yeah. Or email me, I guess. Email. <laughs> email me. Yeah. What well, if they want to buy some properties in <laughs> if you want Oregon? Or if, Oregon. if you want to buy some properties in Oregon. Yeah, I mean, we can help you do that. We help people do Oregon, Washington. all over that area so yeah reach out to me on instagram or just email me at trevorhoward comcast.net and i will yeah that's dope awesome thank you so much for your time bro i really appreciate you being on the pod
1: and spending the last like 36 to 48 hours (laughs) hanging with us it's been awesome
0: dude yeah thanks for having me man thank you
1: all right i hope you guys have an awesome week peace out peace